How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the STD podcast. I just started recording because we were uh, talking with Shimmy about, um, well, he just uh, did a photo shoot, and I was just kind of curious what he's doing after the diet or what his direction is, his uh, periodization looks like moving forward. So. Yes. Yes. So um, first nugget of advice for anybody listening is if you're planning a photo shoot, you're planning to get lean for a vacation, you have a show, whatever it is, make sure that you have the after plan in place before the thing actually happens. Just makes things way easier. That's first order of business. Now, what I actually did. So today's Friday. My last hard training session was Sunday. I had the photo shoot on Wednesday. So I've had two deload session training sessions this week. The photo shoot was one day. So it was a lot of like flexing, pumping up fine. And then the rest of the days were off. Tomorrow, I'm going to be doing another light session because Dylan and I, uh, Dylan White, if any of you guys know him, um, he just competed in a bodybuilding show today. He got his IFBB pro card, placed second. Amazing. Good for him. Go follow him. Dylan M. White on Instagram. I think that's what it is. It, and uh, um, real quick. so- Huh? Real quick, uh, uh, sorry, I'm just curious. He got second in his class? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, so we're going to train tomorrow, like nice light pump session, whatever, and then get some food. And then starting Sunday, I'm actually going to be doing one mesocycle of a um, pretty high volume to add about five to seven pounds of body weight back to my frame. And then the plan is actually to maintain there for a TBD period of time, because what I'm going to try to do, I've never done this. What I'm going to try to do is actually take an extended break from massing and cutting and like physique emphasis. We need a new, we need a new co-host. No. Yes. <laughs> so I'm still going to be training. Absolutely. But I'm going to be tra taking my training sessions down from six to seven sessions a week to about four. My maintenance volume for pretty much all body parts is around six sets a week because that's just not enough. And I just really want to make sure I don't lose anything. I'm going to go to eight sets a week. It's not a big deal. It's going to be basically four sets twice a week. For those people that come that are going to ask this, no, that doesn't apply to hamstrings. Hamstrings will just be like four or five sets. Um, I will still be training my abs directly. That'll be probably about six sets. So two sets, three times a week and, um, just kind of live, live in this passive body for a while. Uh, my lowest body weight is, was 177 pounds, which was a new low with veins all over my abs and cool striations in my back. So the intent is to mass up to about 184, 185. And I'm about 5'11 and a half and live there. So I'll still be lean. I'll still have very visible abs and I won't have necessarily striations everywhere, but I'll still be like very lean. And then, you know, if any opportunities come about, whether it be photo shoots or stuff for YouTube or something, I'm probably two mesocycles or six to eight weeks away from being super shredded again. And then if I decide that I do want to mass and, you know, go back to massing and cutting and present another new best look. You know, from 185, it's probably a three mesocycle mass. And then I would just diet right back down. So in theory, the way that I have it mapped out of my mind, it's a nice middle ground for me. But that's the plan. Take about a five-week accumulation. I'm going to keep relatively the same exercise variations that I had in in the last mesocycle before my photo shoot. 
I'll probably increase some rep ranges just because doing the six to 10 rep range right now for most things doesn't really make sense. So I'll have, you know, some new intensity techniques in there and I'll have a big surplus of food. So I'm going to be dropping my steps at the peak. My steps were between 14 and 15,000. This entire week of deload, I dropped them to 12K. My intent is to keep them around 11K throughout the duration of this like massing backup period. And doing so will, of course, allow me to keep a significant amount of food coming in, but will also allow me to have, you know, any kind of junk food that I want because I'll still be super active. So um, this is the plan at the moment. If any of you guys have questions, I'm all ears. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm asking this because me and you have talked about this before. Yeah. So, you know, you're getting to the point where <clears throat> maybe not indefinitely, but at least for a period of time, you're kind of putting physique and aspirations and goals a bit on the back burner what are you going to do instead yeah it's a really good question and also for anybody else that's out there that's thinking about this um i learned this from my extended maintenance phase before this sort of photo shoot diet that if you don't have something physical that's pulling at you if you've been like bodybuilding and stuff for a really long time you're going to end up just going back to bodybuilding because you're going to be like i don't have an outlet so um currently the intent is to trial Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to love it. I hope that I do. Yeah, My intent is just to be like really conservative, you know, go two, three times a week. That's it. Um, and honestly, this is going to sound funny, but like I'm a beginner. So adherence is more important than everything for me. So if I can just go two, three times a week and have fun and learn some stuff along the way, that's that's the plan. And then after if I can do that for a year and commit and like not miss, um, that'll be a win. And then, you know, my degree of seriousness of how I take it will sort of elevate from there. But now like showing up, it actually would be the goal. And it won't be easy because I won't like it because I'm going to suck. Yeah, so suck a lot when yeah, suck. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the plan. And then also for any of you guys that don't know, um, I also dance. Um, I do like a bunch of different dances that I really love. And to be honest, dancing is more fun than everything. Um, it's just an absolute blast. But like, you know, when you're lifting weights and super sore all the time, six, seven times a week, like you don't really necessarily have the mind power to be like creative or to want to like dance and train and practice. So now that I'll basically have a whole like mess of recovery that I'm have available to me now. Um, I'm hoping to be able to be doing that consistently as well. Um, and then as far as the training goes, just be regular four days a week, upper lower split, um, keeping the sets relatively static. I, I do plan on deadlifting throughout because deadlifts are one of those movements where since the volume needed to actually make progress is so low, I actually wouldn't be surprised if me keeping it in all year would still bring my back up, which would be amazing. Like, even though I'm on maintenance. Um, so that's the plan. So I'll have one rest day a week, four weight training sessions, and then either two or three, either BJJ or MMA, but it's probably going to be BJJ. And then I'll sprinkle in God willing, like 30 to 45 minutes of dance training a couple of times a week as well. Um, and I think that my life quality is going to go up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think yeah, that you'd be, be able to dance relatively easy. Yeah. With that, um, I, I, if, if I can give you any, adv any advice on jujitsu, 
three days a week to start. Two is not enough? Two is not enough as a beginner. You need the repetition to learn the skill. The uh, the thing that I have uh, or the hang up or the res- reservation that I have about BJJ is that I just want to do the skill. I don't care about any of the stupid conditioning about any. Yeah, but that's part of it. You know what I mean? Because like, no, I don't that, think I'm going to. You're going to be better off than 50% of people at least to start anyway. You're going to be fine on the conditioning standpoint, the cardio standpoint, and that will improve as you do it. But it's very difficult for beginners to begin to grasp the uh, principles of jujitsu and the techniques of jujitsu any less than three days a week because it's such a technical sport that it requires much more frequency. What are your thoughts on on doing privates? Do you think it's necessary? Uh, not necessary, but as a beginner, it, it would um, slingshot you further. So how do you think that should be structured? I mean, privates also get very expensive. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gets expensive. We all know this. For anybody that doesn't know, like a regular bodybuilding gym is anywhere from like 20 to $80 a month. I know that's a big range. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is like 150 yeah. or 200 yeah. like yeah. it's and expensive i'm gonna pay 150 a month yeah and then privates themselves are like 200 yeah private 150 like so that's why i don't see myself doing privates most people i know charge um basically like 10 dollars an hour per year they've done it 10 to 15 an hour depending on the kind of uh, area they live so yeah privates get expensive i have never actually paid for a private well, it's different. But I I didn't start doing this. You know, I when I started, I hadn't been 10 years of doing it. You know, I had. Yeah, I mean, when you started, you probably didn't do, you probably didn't do privates till years and years in, I'd guess. I, what I'm saying, yeah, I, well, I've never paid for a private. You know, I, I even now, you know, granted, you know, I have friends and whatnot, and I can, you know, leverage that And at this point because I have been doing it so long. But as a beginner, you can definitely kind of pick up the pace of getting things, figuring things out and getting yourself started and rolling if you do privates, but then you have to say, well, I'm a beginner. Is that commitment and that, you know, expense worth it? You know, how do you know if you like it enough to, you know, be dropping potentially 500 a month between classes and privates? I'm not doing that. I'm not spending that. I wouldn't, I I would not suggest to do privates. I'm not, not, yeah. Yeah. And then also for anybody that's listening to this, that is of potentially a similar mindset to me, I think what you all need to remember and what I remind myself of for sure is physique isn't going anywhere and bodybuilding isn't going anywhere. I mean, if you guys follow him, take somebody like Nick Shaw, for example, Nick Shaw was obsessed with physique and competed in some bodybuilding shows for years. He was, you know, all in. And then he seemingly just like went to maintenance training had a family, grew Renaissance periodization, didn't train hard for years. And now in the last two years, he's like, oh, I feel like doing this again. And now look at him. He looks better than he's ever looked before. Yeah, so showing us really, he looked really good at his last showing. Yeah, he looked unbelievable. And so, you know, this is something to consider. It's like, this is why I say I'm, I'm planning to do this now. Maybe I take a break from this stuff for three months, six months or four years. I don't know. I'm 29 years old. Um, but I also know that it's not going anywhere. I also know that I can pick it back up anytime that I want. And also 
little secret that we all know so usually the older you get the more your body and muscle sort of matures so when you get leaner it actually looks better yeah a lot of people peak in their like mid-30s late 30s yeah right or his physique it'll be really interesting to see mid-30s of all of all of us here what i'm closest to mid-30s here that hurts me all good (laughs) Yeah, it's probably next door. No worries. <laughs> yeah, they sent me some. They sent pornography. I said that wasn't for me. I don't. I don't need that. It's not mine. I swear, it's not mine. It'll be uh, uh, what I was gonna say. I think it'll be really interesting to see Shimmy. You apply, um, you know, the like you said, consistency that you have to bodybuilding to something else, and then see yeah. what comes of that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm like, to be honest, I, I really hope that I can do it. I might not be able to, you know what I mean? It, you, might, you it might, might be one know. of these things where I start and I'm like, no, like this, I can't do anything else. Like, this is what I love. And like, it, I hope that's not true. It, it might be. I mean, obviously you can, you know, you can always, if you, if you, nothing else catches you, you can just say, you know, what, I'm going to focus more on dancing. Yeah. Yeah, because cool. yeah, dancing something I already do and I'm good at. Yeah. Exactly. Did you watch Mike on uh, Elite FTS the other day? Three it hours. It was good. <laughs> I just had it on like in the background when I was cooking. Yeah. It was really cool because he was talking about that during that podcast. Yeah. About, like, about sh- having having to to shift goals. Yeah. Um, oh. And and how that is psychologically. Like if you don't find something else, you're gonna you're most likely, like you said, go back yeah. to you know physique training. Mm-hmm. So having something else where you can shift that goal to, um, one thing I wanted to say was, uh, are you going to do any direct cardio for cardiovascular health? No. Why is that? I plan on, so I plan on keeping a step count of 10,000 every day. So I'll do a, a two mile walk, 4,000 steps every morning. And I think that that's just nice in general, no matter where I'm at, where I'm traveling, whatever. I like that routine of like waking up, mixing my protein shake and going for a walk. It's a really nice thing to do. Obviously I do it when I'm dieting. And um, even when I'm masking to a certain extent, I do it when I have a dog, like that's an easy two mile walk. It's great. Um, So I'll do that. But then Dylan, if you like, if you see here, all the activities that I'm choosing have a very big cardiovascular component in themselves, whether it be dancing or Brazilian jujitsu or mixed martial arts. So I think my cardio will be covered. And then on top of that, I'm going to be weight training four days a week. So I honestly think I'm going to be like a model of health. Uh, yeah, I 100 agree. I, you know, if you if you're were going to, you know, I'm going to take up painting, and then okay, maybe you might want to do some cardio. Mm-hmm. But you're taking up things that are, you know, but like you said, both dancing or you know any kind of martial arts, striking sport, competitive in general. The cardio component of that is way way harder and more intense and plus uh, i'll still have the baseline of ten thousand steps a day like i'll still be set there too so as far as cardio goes you'll be more than you had lifting by a long shot yeah yeah i was gonna say the ten thousand steps has you covered but i was uh thinking zone two and i think that both of those activities probably put you within that zone for a sustained period but yeah dance and dance would almost for sure put him in zone two zone three i'll tell you one thing that i know that trevor has spoken about in the past not here because it wasn't warranted on a different platform because i'm sure some people are going to ask as well i will not be doing any 
sports specific stuff in the gym or any sports specific cardio at all. Thank you. Why? I'm not the biggest kid on the block, but I'm going to have more muscle than majority of people that I roll against. Yeah. And I'm going to have the least amount of skill in the thing. So logic would state my efforts would be best suited to do the thing. And my conditioning will come from getting good at the thing. There will be no power cleans in my routine. There will be no hang pulls or box jumps. I assure you, my bodybuilding training will be the same. All the difference will be, will be a significant reduction in set volumes and in proximity to failures. Meaning I'm not going zero to failure and I'm probably not going one to failure either. One away from failure. I'm probably going to stay in like two to five reps away from failure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And just for the record, that's like exactly, exactly kind of what I do when I am uh, preparing for a jiu-jitsu tournament, which I haven't done in a few years, but you know, used to, I competed multiple times a year. And if I do end up liking this, mind you, and you know, this year I train three days a week, like Trevor says, then year two, maybe I go to four days a week, then year three, maybe I go to five days a week. Maybe by that time, I would start to add in some sprint work, maybe some strength phases, because at that time, I think that would probably be warranted. At that time, I'd probably be a blue belt. Maybe I'd be a purple belt. I don't know, but maybe it would be necessary. But at this point in time, like it's absolutely not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the, the, uh, examples that you gave as far as training are definitely more specific than I see some people sports uh, specific training doing like some people do some ridiculous exercises. So like, Oh, this has carryover into BJJ when it's just like, I don't know, some weird sidestep lunge that has probably no muscle growth benefit or skill benefit. Yeah. Man. One of the dumbest things there used to be a guy here who, um, was like very much considered like the he, he was the big guy a lot of uh fighters mma guys jiu-jitsu guys went to for strength training strength conditioning training hardcore west side conjugate dude hardcore um flat out said if you're doing anything other than a super wide above parallel box squat for combat sports you're wasting your time because it's useless for sport carryover yeah and I'm like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. He also had people squatting with like 135 pounds and 350 pounds of band weight, band tension. And I'm like, and then then people ask me about like, oh, how's your base so good? How you know, how are you able to move like you do? You know, you're a big guy. How are you so flexible? Because I squat deep. Because you're because you're strong in those positions that you can yeah. put into in BJJ. Like, with with jujitsu, I think that's actually one of the most sports specific, sports specific things you can do is train in these extreme ranges of motion yeah because you're gonna get put there when you're on the mats yeah let's say let's say in five years we're all doing lengthened partials if you're doing bjj you should still be doing full rom most likely yeah um yeah real quick on the proximity to failure did you see the uh the study milo posted up today I i did not what was it um yeah i only read so i have the preprint i'm i just haven't had time to read it today but um it was about um proximity to failure and 
there was the thing is is i don't know how it, it was a meta this this, yeah, uh, yeah. about uh, proximity to failure and muscle growth and the thing is is it's not showing anything we didn't already know that's what i'm saying that's what, what I it's showing is that yeah um on a set to set basis training closer to failure is more produce uh, uh more effective for muscle growth than further away from failure right that's what i thought that. so my, my my curiosity is there any they said any of us at least have ever said that like training to failure or training three reps in reserve is the exact same muscle growth right and and my thing is too is um i think he had mentioned that it might be better than volume progression and and i don't want to um, put him in a box hopefully we'll have him on soon and we can actually discuss this with him um but i think that my question was like why is it and or or so here's the thing and this is yeah, this is something that I, I i see all the time and i've talked about it multiple times and it's this idea that like high volume training or the rp method um is... i really hate that i really dude, I, hate oh, it dude, me too. i get me dms too. about this all the time where they'll be like hey I've seen, like, I know what you and the RP guys do. And I'm like, I already know what they mean, yes, but I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, and it's just people either mis misrepresenting or misinterpreting or just not fucking knowing. It, it, you know, it's like they, there's this idea that it's like, oh, you're progressing volume and you're just, you know, you're keeping reps reserve and, per, you know, adding sets every week. And no, it's not. The goal is like, Okay, week one after a deload, you're a bit further from failure because you're more sensitive. You uh, you've detrained a little bit within a deload. It's probably smarter to train a little further from failure, and then you just progressively take yourself closer to failure throughout a mesocycle, and you add volume when and if you need volume. Right. It's not a you're you're not uh, just adding volume for the hell of it every week. And that's, that's, it's just a, people misinterpreting what it is, I think is a big part of it. Right. Yeah. I think um, I, I actually said that on one of Jared's posts recently. It's like, I think a lot of people, I, I've seen other researchers misrepresent it. And I'm like, I think that's, they're not too familiar with like, like they'll put, you know, like a, you know, the, like, like Mike mentioned, it's like full ROM is just tongue in cheek. Right. And, but mm -hmm. everybody's like, Oh, RPs, they're all the team full ROM. Like they only do full range of motion in all circumstances. There's no caveats. And it's like, yeah. no, if you actually listen to what a lot of them have to say, it's not that at all. A thousand percent. Yeah. Dylan, speaking of which, when when are we getting Milo on? That's awesome. Um, I'm gonna ask him soon because I'm actually let me read this preprint because didn't I'm we, now that he has that. Did we have him on? Uh I've had him on a couple, uh, uh, on a couple times. Did yeah. we have him on? We never did. We should. We've talked about it. What are we waiting for? I, I I don't know. I wanted to actually. Oh, yeah. No, the, what I said was I wanted to try some of the length and partial stuff so we could discuss it with him, which we have been. So um, and now you, did the, one, you did the one and a half squats. You love them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we have some other stuff we're doing, like uh, Trevor and I discussed doing um, length and partials for calves and forearms, like almost exclusively uh, for this mezzo. And we're trying to have that another out, so. suggestion for you. What What vertical pulling are you doing? We're using um, it some there as well. Yeah. Uh, what what, what vertical pulling are you using it on? Um, pull downs. 
Um, what else do we even have? I, I haven't finished the week yet, so I don't I think know. it's just the like parallel. He's too big. He's too big for pull ups, right, Trevor? Um, so he put pull ups in this week, but I actually did them. I have to. I had to mention this in in our in my check in with him because I had to do them to. I had to do them partial to be able to get enough reps for it to be effective. Exactly. Oh, lengthen partials on pull-ups. Do that. I had Literally. to. Yeah, I know I had to because I was like, that I did I did my it. first. Yeah, I did my first set and I did like uh, five reps. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to work. So I pulled to like eye level, I think. That's exactly why I put them in there. Is oh, that really? Just to like nose-ish. Yeah. 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 So those worked great actually though. So um, Trevor, I got a really good idea for you. Um, I haven't tried it yet, but it's, it's an idea. You know how you do, we do like one and a halfs on a hack squat or Smith machine or whatever, whatever. One and a halfs on cambered bar bench. Oh, oh God. Good idea, right? I've never seen it. Just thinking about it. Good idea. I would yeah. do it. Yeah. I want to, I, I would like, I would like to do it. Deficit push ups. Huh? I thought about doing it on deficit push ups. Yeah. That works too. That works yeah, so... too. Um, maybe I'll do them on, uh, on dips. This mesocycle. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about it a little bit, but I, I was, Trevor and I were kind of discussing this, but um, like it's interesting because um, on some exercises, it's like definitely better. Some exercises is neutral. And then some exercises like uh, SFR wise, it's probably it's worse. worse. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you some that are horrible on it. Uh, flies. Dumbbell flies were all right. No but good. I think that was. But I wouldn't think it was already... I wouldn't do it on flies because I'm exactly a flies is all about the bottom anyway. Exactly. Right. Well, that's that's why I it's think just cutting out the middleman, right? It was just cutting exactly. out the flies is just like just don't come all the way up anyway. Which is yeah. honestly, it's not much different. I've always told people stop here, and now I'm saying stop here. Yeah. You know, it, eh. I can't think of any bicep movements also where it would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, I I did them before Trevor and I were together. I did them on preacher. It was all right. Actually, no, I remember getting a good good SFR from those on Preacher. I, I, I could see it on like a free weight Preacher curl, but I just hate free weight Preacher curls. I get an awful SFR. I don't think it would work for me. But I I, I will say, so... Dude, I want to try one and a half on stiff-legged deadlifts. I want to try one and a half on everything. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. The old one and a half program. <laughs> yeah. Everything. I do, do want to do that. That's you accurate. Do your maintenance. Nothing have, to lose. Uh, I'm not on maintenance yet. Now... Yeah, I'm oh yeah, that's right. You have your math space. Yeah, I'm doing Ooh. one and a half hack squats for sure because I can't do straight sets in the ten to fifteen rep range again. I can't be bothered. And I did uh one week of them, and I posted about it, and it was awesome. So I'm totally in, totally doing them. Yeah, yeah. I have a client who texts me every time I he does the one and a half, and he just says "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> it's an accurate description, though. It's it's pretty miserable. Yeah. Um, what were you saying, Trevor? I think you were saying something. Um, I've had uh, on the the hip hinging. I've had a client. I've not gone. I've not had anyone do them with stiff legs yet because I haven't done it. But uh, I've had people do uh, uh, forty five degree back raises. Yeah, I was doing. You had me do those. Yeah, those I had you do it, and I have another client doing. Them. Yeah, yeah. I saw Milo was doing it with deadlifts. Oh, yeah, interesting. This deficit was like insane. I was like, "Oh my god." Um. Well, one. What were you saying? Oh, no. go, go, go. oh. Um. I guess we'll have more to say about that with with Milo. So we'll get him on in the. Yeah. yeah. And Nick, when's Nick coming on? What's going on here? I don't know. He never responded back. He's like, "Cool, I'll come on," and then he just 
I was like, yeah. oh, Crow, what time works for you? We film on these days. And he said, maybe I'll send, I'll send him a follow up, uh, maybe after yeah. this. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, straight sets versus intensity techniques. I don't know if you guys would be interested in that. I think it's something that we've we've touched on before, but um, some of the more fo- popular um, like TikTok, Instagram influencers have come out and said like, well, these are less effective than straight sets. Um, and maybe on a set by set case that may have some validity. I think that it also is somewhat, I don't know how to say this. Um, I think I know exactly why they're saying that though, which already sure. means it's like a load of shit. Here, go, go Trevor. I think a lot of the reason why people are saying, especially the TikTok and um, um, Instagram stuff, um, and I just, I will skip naming names, but some big names have said that um, four to six reps is the most productive range to ever train in, and going above eight in particular is completely useless and you should never do it. uh, Do you you mean JPG coaching, perhaps? uh he, he's not one of the big ones that started it though he got it from somebody else he, he says a lot of that stuff but he got it from two other people who i'm going to not name you're not going to name them i will you know sure uh fine one of them's paul carter but you know whatever he, i'm completely blocked by him anyway so who cares <laughs> <clears throat> and then um but so they're saying that like oh if you're doing more than eight reps uh, it's junk volume. You're just adding fatigue. It's not useful for muscle growth. So therefore, any kind of intensity technique is less effective than a straight set of six to you know four to eight reps or whatever. And that's just like it's not true. But it's the same. Where the same place that this is coming from is the same thing that is saying like, oh well, a lot of muscles don't respond to length and partials, even though there's more direct research showing the exact muscles they say don't respond to it respond to it right so i just like i don't really care what those people have to say because the the people on instagram and tiktok who are repeating it are literally just doing that they're repeating it they've half of them have been lifting for eight months and they just blew up on tiktok so now they think that they're uh, an expert yeah, fellas, I think there's so many things that can be said about this. I mean, first of all, context is everything. There are periods of time, periods of time where straight sets are amazing, mm-hmm. and there are periods of time where using an intensity techniques are more favorable than using straight sets. For to sure. say that one is better than the other is unfair and unfounded and short-sighted. Well, you you guys both right now are in like polar opposites, but where both of you are in a situation where more intensity techniques make more sense given your context dylan's peak peak mass last mass phase a mass mesocycle of a total of multiple mesocycles it's been a whole block he's not going to do nothing but straight sets at this point yeah probably because it's just totally what, what is he going to do like 10 straight sets of squats or of bench press and then Shimmy, you're on the other end of that where you're you just finished a, a super you know hard diet where you got super super lean. What are you gonna do? Like literally only you know you're only gonna do straight sets of you know six to ten hack squats. Sure. Not to mention both injury risks. 
it, yeah. And then what you also have to remember is that being that we are operating in a world of social media, straight sets are more exciting to talk about, to film and to put people through versus straight sets. So they can garner more attention, more eyeballs, more clicks. So it's also easy to do that. And straight sets also lend themselves well to people with ADD. I mean, excuse me, intensity techniques lend themselves better more to people with ADD. People that don't want to focus on doing things that are the same and just boring, um, they can gravitate towards intensity techniques because it adds more flair. It adds more fun. Yeah. So that's a that's an easy one. When someone's doing gratification with an intensity technique. Sure, absolutely. And then from a nuts and bolts standpoint, intensity techniques also do a fantastic job of band-aiding someone's inability to perform high quality technique. Um, or to or 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 high effort or to track week to week. Because chances are like tracking week to week is super boring if you're not used to it. But if you throw intensity techniques in there, you know, you it's very easy to be like, oh, well, you know, I really crushed it this week because I added in a drop set and it was super nasty. Right. Like, yeah. What'd you do last week? Did you, did you beat reps from last week? And, yeah. you know, obviously you can still track intensity techniques too, but they, they lend themselves more to like fun workouts and video workouts and attention grabbing workouts. And if Trevor, if Trevor had a YouTube page and he was training uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and he was going to put him through something, chances are he's not going to put him through. Well, he might, he, cause it's him. He might put him through three sets of six to 10 rep squats and just like perfect his technique. And that'll be cool for sure. But it'd be more exciting to do that and then make him do like an ISO hold at the end or do a drop set of Bulgarian split squats. And, you know, say I did 30 reps or something just because it's more fun to say, it's more fun to talk about. Straight sets are not more so exciting to talk about. Huh? More entertaining to watch. And to talk about. Yeah. And to write about. You are right. And, and so like, and, you know, I, I like that you followed up with that because I don't want my initial reaction to come off as saying like, oh, in, it to seem like intensity technique, intensity techniques are better. I think straight shots should be the bread and butter. And it should be the base of your program pretty much most of the time. But just to say that using intensity techniques are ineffective or a waste of time is just stupid. They're fantastic. It just goes back to the thing that I said at the top. It's contextual. I'm in a place. I'm in a place. hundred percent. Yeah. I would, coming off an active rest, I'm my second mesocycle into um, coming off of an active rest. First mesocycle had zero intensity techniques. Second mesocycle has like, three over the entire week yeah yeah it's because you that's and the rest of street sets right that's all you need exactly volume yeah, when volume I, needs when I'm, low yeah you're super fresh what are you saying to me sorry when i'm implementing intensity techniques i don't even introduce them until a third or fourth mesocycle i don't even put them in the second either because in the second one, I'm just acclimating to the movements. Maybe at best, I'm going to be increasing rep ranges at times, but I don't even need them. Yeah. yeah. Now, on a per volume basis, I don't know if you guys have seen some of the stuff about like consolidated rests not being as good for muscle growth, or if you have any opinions on that. Um, 
I'm just curious if you are familiar with that at all. Consolidated rest. Yeah. It's uh, just rest. Sixty seconds. The, long, the longer you rest, the more muscle growth you're going to do. And a lot of these intensity techniques, you know, we're consolidating rest. Obviously, we're doing other things like you know, um, I guess, I don't know. I guess some of the crux of some of them is consolidated rest. So I, I was just kind of curious what you thought about that. Yeah, I think it just depends on what the intensity technique I'm using is. So it depends what is my intent. Um, some of them may warrant being pre-programmed as having short rest periods. Some of them do not. Yeah. If I'm doing a drop set, that's that's no rest. That's going right into it. But if I'm pre-planning to, let's say, do a set of sumo squats very close to failure and then going into an ISO hold at the bottom, you know, like I'm going to rest enough before doing that entire set to make sure that I'm ready to go. Um, so I think it really, it really just depends on what the intensity technique is. And I think this is a thing where it's like, if we're talking about like, if your entire program is nothing but drop sets and supersets and mechanical drop sets and all this other stuff, like if that's the entirety of your program, yeah, you're probably not training your training could be better um and i guess i guess i don't want to say that that's not how most people train because i don't know it's tiktok it's probably how a lot of people are watching tiktok train i don't know um so yeah i mean that's definitely true but again i think it goes back to like what is the context we're talking about this in i and and i guess what my thoughts were is that generally speaking we're not really violating any of the principles of muscle growth, right? Uh, usually, yeah. like if you're resting, it's a four factor rest model, or at least that's what I use. And I imagine you guys use something similar. Um, mm -hmm. We're going close to failure uh, in a lot of these, I mean, in all of these, right? Um, mm -hmm. The only thing that's changing is sometimes the rest time. But even then, on like a lot of the time, we're doing some of these intensity techniques on those muscle groups that don't need as much rest either. Yeah. So um, I guess, yeah, it's. Like, I, I I don't think you can convince me that I should rest as long between sets of lateral lateral raises as I need to for a set of hack squats. Yeah, you're just standing I around doing nothing. I don't think you can convince me that I am leaving growth on the table because I'm resting 60 seconds between lateral raises instead of four minutes like I am between yeah. hack squats. And you're just like, I'm recovered. I'm ready to do another set. Like, why am yeah. I waiting? Exactly. You know, how much more performance I, are you going to get out of waiting another 30 seconds in that case? I'll also add one other thing. And it's funny because it seems like, and I guess this is what people come to our podcast for, always seems to end at this point that I'm about to bring up. I've seldom met somebody who has a lot of intensity techniques in their program who just fundamentally has good technique oh 100 in general i find that most people use intensity techniques as a method of band-aiding the fact that they're really bad at lifting weights you're 100 right. they're really bad at mind muscle connection i've never seen it i've had plenty of people whose programs i've critiqued whose people who's played excuse me who've worked out with me in the gym and uh they've shown me their program their routine and on paper it's very fancy a very wow and then I watch them work out and they just suck. It just is what it is. They're just bad at working out. 
And then, you know, I either like send them a video to copy or they work out with me in person. And then they're like, oh my God, what have I been doing all along? And I'm like, shit, that's what you've been doing. You've been doing shit, shit work. You're bad. <laughs> but now you're not bad. Okay. We're learning. This is good. Yeah. Um, so um, it's so funny. It just feels like our podcast always ends up in this place. Like more of a story. Your technique is bad. Fix it. Your effort's bad. Fix it. <laughs> well, if we honestly, if we just talked about, I mean, we've probably repeated ourselves ourselves multiple times. And even this is somewhat a repetition of what we talked about before, but that's like all it ultimately comes down to. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, uh, you know, this content is probably going to be somewhat repetitive because people still have bad technique. People are still banditting their their technique and lack of effort and everything with with intensity techniques and it probably needs to be said it probably needs to be said multiple times yeah. um so i think there's still validity and and there's not much else out of that there's not many like secrets that you're not doing as far as your training that are just going to move the needle a whole lot outside of improving your technique and you know supplying sufficient effort yep um and, and a quick transition off that's 15 minutes cool with you guys yeah. yeah um so shimmy you're going into this you're gonna do a uh, kind of a mass to restore your body weight mm -hmm. um where was i gonna go with that oh yeah yeah what are you doing with eating so during your maintenance yeah. phase are you gonna okay are you gonna track every single day For the rest right. of my life okay so you're gonna that's in, that's in me though like that's not stressful for me so i'll be tracking my food to the day i die I, that doesn't bother me though i'm rare I get that. That's not normal. That's just what I do. Right. So, well, yeah. but, I, but I know Trevor, like, for example, you've mentioned to me before you will, especially in like maybe a, a not as serious um, physique enhancement phase, you know, some sort of maintenance or active rest or whatever, you'll track one day and then probably eat similar to the same foods. Like you might not track every single day. Is yeah. that I'm not tracking those days because it's not changing from the last four days, you know? Right. It's like literally the same foods. I'm still weighing out everything. Do either of you ever have, I mean, I guess Jimmy, probably not, but based on what you said, but do either of you ever have a period where you eat somewhat intuitively? Yeah, uh, I I did on my last maintenance phase. And you know what? I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. I don't like it. Like you got to meet people where they're at and everybody's different. I maybe I'm that's just me, man. I just I like it. Even even if I go out and I'm not even kidding, if I go have two slices of pizza and garlic knots, I'm literally gonna go on my phone and I'm gonna write 15 grams of car 15 grams of protein, 90 grams of carbs, 35 grams of fat. I swear to you, I will write that. And like it's just it's just something, it's just some kind of checks and balance to have. Is that right? No, but it's definitely not going to be off, off. Like that's not so far off, you know, right. from, from what I had. Um, so I always do that. But to answer your question from before of like, like nuts and bolts. So um, end of my diet, my calories weren't so, weren't so bad. It was 2450. It's not so bad. Um, for this week of maintenance, I raised them to about 2650, 2700. And I'm going to start massing around 3000. A little bit more than 3,000. So it's like body weight times like 17 or 18 or something. Um, and I think that that will be enough. But I'm still going to be weighing myself probably four or five times a week and taking the average and marking the trend. So as long as I'm gaining weight 
um, at the appropriate speed, then I'll be good to go and I'll just reduce if needed. Trevor, you're going to say something about how you do it. Uh, I was just going to say, when you asked about intuitive eating, I was like, I was going to say, I intuitively eat like an asshole on the holidays. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't do that. My inner fatty comes out, but I mean, oh. it's different than it used to be, though. It's still like I, my appetite regulation has changed pretty drastically, especially in the past couple of years. Well, and, and your skill set. I mean, I imagine both of you have the skill set to be able to do something like that. Yeah. Well, and like, stay at maintenance. like Shimmy said, where he just like said, like, he'll, you know, rough guesstimate. I can't not eat any like something and not like look at it and be like, yeah, this is roughly this. Yeah. Yeah. No, same. Same. You I know, mean, and also, we're wired however, like that. We're wired however, like that to because your point, also, like, you're a large person, but. You're also super active. So when you say, I eat like an asshole, you're also not acknowledging the fact that you probably also lifted weights twice that day with 16,000 steps. So it's like, sh you can do what you want, I mean, you know? Yeah. Like like last Thanksgiving, I uh, I trained before Thanksgiving dinner. I trained jujitsu for two hours. Yeah. I lifted weights. And then I think throughout the day, I got like 14,000 steps. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So you could do what you want. Like Dylan to, to like come back to like the original, original I'm setting my maintenance, my, my guest maintenance as like body weight times 15. But if everything goes to plan and I'm lifting weights four days a week, doing 10,000 steps and doing all those other things, my maintenance might even be higher. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but it might be. And then I just get to eat more foods. Beautiful. That's called living life, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, and I guess my kind of where I was coming from this, we had talked roughly about intuitive eating last week, and I wanted to touch on it this week, um, is that in most cases, all of us, if we were just eating, uh, we'd probably be eating mostly whole foods. So we'd probably be eating more protein. We'd probably be eating protein with each meal, uh, some sort of veggie, right? Like fruit, yeah. stuff like that. We'd probably probably make up a majority of our diet just by default, probably because of what, what we've learned about nutrition. Um, I, I imagine I get some sort of satisfaction out of eating that way. I don't know if you guys do as well outside of physique enhancement. Like I just enjoy just eating. What? You just feel better. A hundred percent. Yeah. So in that case, your hunger signal, and this is something that uh, I was actually thinking about this morning is like, a lot of people will be like, well, um, I use hunger as <laughs> the stupidest thing. ever. I use hunger as a uh, as a like gauge for if I'm growing or something like stupid like that. And hunger isn't doesn't work like that. Like hunger is uh, obviously largely genetic, but it's also like determined by the types of foods you're eating. It's something I've learned in recent yeah. years. Right. So if you're eating a bunch of processed shit, you're going to be hungry a lot of the time. Yeah. If and you're, you're also eating a lot more calories. If you're eating nothing but like even not saying processed shit, if you're eating nothing but white rice and chicken breast or tilapia, you're going to be a lot hungrier than if you mix some whole grains in there, you mix some fruit in there, you mix some vegetables in there. Yeah. It's it's crazy to me that bodybuilders still diet on that shit too. Yeah. I, mean, don't, I don't even get me started on that like why it's just so much harder i, I don't eat rice at all when i'm dieting yeah me either mm -hmm. 
and and shimmy is not a person who is got like a huge appetite either so for him to say that yeah no no just, i don't it's a don't. it's not worth it for a lot of you people. know what i did discover though this dieting phase a lot man like these fiber cereal bars are so good like you can buy these fiber one bars that have got like 15 grams of carbs but eight grams of fiber and like two grams of fat or yeah. something and they actually taste fantastic. Um, these things are awesome. Nature Valley makes like a – I couldn't eat this, Trevor, but they make like a – it's like a – not a muffin. It's not – it's blueberry muffin flavored, but it's like a little cake. And I think it's like 28 grams of carbs and like four grams of fiber and five grams of fat or something. Um, nature Fiber One, um, like square cake. Sweet. I hate those because they're too small. See, I love those, but I'll just have like two of them, and I'm like, oh, that's good. You see the fiber yeah, but you, you literally have two of them. That's like 16 grams of fiber. Yeah, good. good I eat like 80 grams of fiber a day, Jimmy. Jesus. Yeah, I really mindful of that, so I will only eat one at a time, and I put them in the fridge or the freezer. That's a that is a pro tip for eating protein bars. Depends on the protein bar. If you're on a diet. No, because some of the protein bars, if you put them in the freezer, like it's just literally like a workout. Yeah, that's why I yeah. said fridge or freezer. You can't put a quest yeah, bar. Quest, quest no, I'll bar tell you what. I'll tell you guys what. If you ever, I mean, if you ever eat Power Crunch bars, Power Crunch bars in the freezer is a freaking treat. Never those are that. the bars. Those are the bars that are basically wafers. Oh, yeah. They're just fat and protein and very low carb. So, like, the macros are like pretty meh. It's like 13 grams of fat, 13 grams of protein, and like 10 grams of carbs. But oddly enough, the protein is hydrolyzed, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah, I like the lemon um, uh, with the Power Crunch. That's the All of cool. them are amazing. I just finished a box of s'mores. They're unbelievable. Literally never had them. Huh. I mean, it makes sense why you don't have them because they're higher in fat. Yeah. You're not keto. Keto is good for your health. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if I was fat loading, it'd be amazing. I'd eat three of them at a time. Speaking of some, I was, I was, what did you say, Trevor? Uh, tan is uh, starting peak tomorrow. Are you doing a fat load with him? Yeah. Nice. Are you using the uh, the peaking paper? Like, yeah. did you use some of the parameters in there? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I did. Sweet. Yeah, I know. I was eating some interesting things when I did that. Uh, avocado, cheese, eggs, brisket. <laughs> Yeah, I try not to do too much saturated fat. There's like yeah, in a fat load, that paper in a fat load, trying to limit it to an extent. Yeah, because I mean, even in that paper, they're like, oh, it might be inflammatory, so maybe avoid them. You know, maybe, maybe not. I don't. It's very acute, so I'm not like super concerned with it. Just but. looking at like this, the cellular action and cellular membrane of it, like it completely bro science, whatever. But I think that more than likely like monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats would probably lead to a better fat load than like a lot of saturated fats. Yeah. Cause there's, there's some stuff about saturated fats leading to insulin resistance to some degree. And like, yeah. Yeah. So again, very acute, but I guess we're working within acute. Yeah. I mean, what's what peak week is. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm excited to see how he looks. Anyway, uh, but he on stage? Is he getting on stage? Yeah. yeah, next yeah. Saturday. He's gotten, he's gotten really lean, man. Good job, both of you guys. He's gotten three and shredded. Crazy. <laughs> Her, the uh, constant ledge and make sure he doesn't buy a damn pizza oven. Trevor, when are you getting shredded? Don't know. 
What's had, the plan? I had a conversation uh, with another client of mine who is a competitor. I haven't talked to her about it yesterday. You're um, talking about you getting shredded? Yes. And? Likely next year. Nice. Yeah, so you're going to go mass. What? Yeah. Right, you're going to mass most of this year and then prep yes. next year. What are you massing to, 250? I don't know. Probably. Last mass ended at about 240. So 245, 250. Nice. And then you, you're going to bring your best look ever. Is that the plan? Uh, it will probably not be this year, but that is the plan within the next year and a half. We'll be on prep together. It'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, you think if you're going to do a show, that'll be then? Well, it'll be, I mean, I'm starting. He, he starts prep. Yeah. No, no, I know that. Trevor, I mean you. If I do one, uh, potentially. Somewhere in that year, it sounds like. Yeah. If, 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 I, do, if I do one, I want to do one before either next year or early uh, 25. That'd be really cool to see. Dylan White was very funny. I sent him some of the photos, like like a sneak from the photo shoot. And he was like, bro, you're such a fucking waste of air that you don't compete. He's like, you're a fucking, you're such a waste of time. Like, why don't you compete? Because my when I'm very lean, um, Trevor's seen some of the photos like, I have uh, like a lot of classic lines. Like my Dude. body looks cool. You would do. Uh, well. you would do yeah, I would love to see. I would love to see. Just, just hop on, dude. Who gives a fuck? Go book a tanning appointment. You don't need. You're already there. And, I mean, so, so I'm. I'm more there than I'm not. I literally would need to diet for one more mess. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No. Just for shits. Just to say you could. Just to say you did it. You know what I mean. But I don't want to do it. You know that's the thing. At least yeah, you. Well, I, at least you know you just don't give a shit yeah yeah well why don't you want to do it is it just like i you just don't care or like so there's a few reasons and maybe this will actually be useful for some of the viewers there's a few reasons why i don't want to compete and in no order number one i don't want to shave my whole body that's number one again this is not an order this is just reason number two nice to meet you number two um i think that the la- yeah, I think the last month of dieting is really where all of the quote unquote problems or real discomforts start to set in. Um, you know, I got pretty lean in this time around, and I don't really have serious diet fatigue. I didn't have crazy brain fog. I wasn't fucked up. Let's just put it plain and simple. Yeah. But I think the last month of a show, that's like really where you do start to get fucked up and like really warrant that recovery period. You know, like in, for me in a week, it's going to be like I didn't even I, it's like I'm I'm back to normal for yeah. sure. It'll take me a week, maybe 10 days. Whereas, you know, there's literally something called a recovery diet. That's like two months um, to get back to normality. So there's that. Um, number three, I don't really want to get in my undies on stage. That doesn't like, <laughs> now don't get me wrong. I'm a performer and I love crowds, but like that doesn't, you know what I mean? Just like beauty budgeting. Do, uh, phys- what, 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 I was going to say do physique. Yeah. Do physique. Wear board shorts. No, 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 no. If I did it, it'd be classic physique. No yeah, fucking way. Legs. I'm not putting fucking board shorts on. Yeah, yeah, no. I think classic physique is cool. That's definitely what I would do. And I know also from like a business standpoint, like 
I don't really think it would bring me anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm very relatable as I am. Yeah, man, it might open me up to like a new level of people. But like, I don't care so much about competitors. Like, that's not really who I'm interested in. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it might not be competitors, though. Just being on stage, like, uh, for example, there's a guy who's competing at my gym and he he didn't do as well as he did last season. But he was just showing me his like reach and engagement on Instagram. It was like 2.1 million people, like just it from him doing back to back shows, like just from that exposure, um, you know, getting on stage, getting lean, posting up about it. Not that, you know, again, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's necessarily an essential, essential thing, nor would I push anybody to compete who doesn't want to compete either. Um, but I will tell you this. I think at, at my stage, if I was to push any more, that is the only way. Yeah. Like that, that's the only next step for me. Like mm -hmm. getting photo shoot lean and having an awesome look. Like I did that last year and then I beat that this year. So if yeah. I was going to beat that again, I'm, that would pretty much be stage. Yeah, you're you're literally you you're lean enough for physique. At least you were Wednesday. I assume yeah, you I still have veins all over my abs now. You may be a little more bloated, but I assume you're still there. Not really. From like little meals here and there, like I'm still get. I got over thirteen thousand steps today. <laughs> well, I'm a water buffalo. Remember? Yeah. No, I'm excited when these photos come out. I mean, obviously, I'm going to dope them out, like, for a while. That's the whole point of this. Yeah, so you get six months of content now. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Um, but I'll still have a few of them. Um, yeah, Dylan, I'll, I'll show, I'll send you them when, yeah, we're, uh, when we're off here. And you can look at it and be like, whoa, him. I know hey, him. When you're um, hanging out with Dylan, too, see when he can come back on. Because I think it'd actually be cool to have him on after his... You guys want to do it like a one one tomorrow? I'll be with him. Uh, I mean, no. Let him enjoy, you know, competing. No, like no, no. Let's not do that. Yeah. If you guys are in, I will force him on. I'm not you guys. I'm not subtle. Yeah, I know. But I feel like like if you just did a show, like I, I actually would kind of want him to even reflect on him a little bit, too. Like give okay. him some time because like I feel like I'm gonna like that ask makes... him when I when I talk to him tomorrow morning because he and I are training. I'll ask him if he wants to do it. If he if he if he does, then maybe you guys are for free tomorrow. Let's do it. I might be. I, I could probably swing it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if not, that's also fine because I think you know having that time to sit with that that's a, that's a big accomplishment. You know, I'll talk to him about it, and then also it's probably worth you at some point. Well, yeah, I'll talk to you about it after. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask him. And uh, he can tell you all about it. Sweet. Because right now he's picking, he's picking his face out, which is to be expected. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's very warranted. He earned it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get off here. Um, hopefully we'll have a guest on next time, uh, whether it's Dylan or Milo or Nick. I'll reach back out to him. But mm -hmm. we'll end it here. All right. It was good talking to you guys. Yep. Always.